What the hell is up, film fans? And welcome to another episode of What the Flick, the podcast where we rewrite movies we haven't seen based only on the poster. We are your poster boys. I'm Matt. I'm Orson Welles, greenest enemy. <laughs> And today we'll be figuring out just what the hell happens in Alfred Hitchcock's Real Window. What the flick, what the flick, we don't know what a movie is. Gonna tell you what we think it's about with the help of the post, we figure it out. What the flick, what the flick, gonna write a film that already exists, we'll be doing it better cause we're so cool and back to two years up in school. What the flick, what the flick, we're never gonna watch that shit, got better writers than Steven Spielberg, film directors are all thunders. What the flick, what the flick, that's the name of the podcast, it's almost time, so make some noise, it's time for the poster voice, so what the flick. Not a bloody lot, because he's dead, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean shit can't still be going down there. He's just uh, not there to see it. His house is knocked down now. Why would they keep Hitchcock's house? Why would they possibly put a back up? What I bet, because it's England, and I know England reasonably well, Yeah. what I bet about Alfred Hitchcock's house is that it's not a museum or anything. Yeah. Someone will just live there, or more likely, it'll be like a pret a manger, right? <laughs> yeah. His old house will be a pret a manger, but there'll be a blue plaque up above it that says, This was Alfred Hitchcock's house. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock had the idea to put chocolate syrup in a shower in this room. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Alfred Hitchcock dead? I know that's a really stupid question. I mean, cer- but... certainly. He must be, right? And I know I'm questioning it because you've asked, but certainly. This feels like one of those questions that's like, you know, people are like, Cleopatra was around closer to the well, mammoth. Because like, so like, he was making, he, he started making movies in the 50s and he was like 25 or whatever. Conceivably, he could still just about be alive, right? Okay, Matt, I'm going to give you the exact details of his life. Please do. Born 13th of August. 1899. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. All right. He's definitely yeah. dead then. Dead. 29th of April, 2023. Fuck. No, that's not true. Really? <laughs> no. It's also, not, it's also not April yet. It's also Wilbur. not April yet. <laughs> no, 1980. Okay. So he went for a while then, considering he was born in the 1800s. Yeah. Which is also crazy to only start making movies in the 50s, because he would have been 50. Yeah. It always blows my mind, right, when people are fucking old as shit. That's not it. But <laughs> when people are specifically old as shit when they were born in, like, the really, really early 1900s or late 1800s. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, you went from, like, no technology to fucking, like, VHS, you know? My grandma, I think, was born in, like, 1905 or some shit, and she died in, like, 2020, 2019. <laughs> And that the amount of shit that happened in her life is nuts. Yeah, my my granda um, was born during the Second World War and died, you know, like twenty ten or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he had a nebulizer for like the last few years of his life, you know, like the thing that like helps your lungs open up whenever you've like smoked a lot or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I remember one day he just turned to me and was like, "Isn't it crazy? This machine's pumping my lungs for me." When I was a kid. I couldn't even get a tin opener. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was like, that doesn't seem a direct comparison, brother. That seems like you were poor. <laughs> I feel like tin openers have been around a long time. <laughs> like, I don't think that's a technological advancement that's come around since you've been a child. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very sick old man. Very nice old man. I would go as far as to say uh, the only nice grandparent I remember. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's good. Yeah. 
Um, what have you any uh, overt feelings about Hitchcock? Is this our first Hitchcock film? I've only I've only seen uh, of Hitchcock's films. I've only seen Psycho, and I really I really like Psycho. I think it's a very good film. In many ways, Psycho walked so that Scream could run. Right where they had sort of all the well, you, you think the main character is one person, and then oh, they're dead. Yeah. Like Scream did with Drew Barrymore mm. uh, at the beginning. Spoilers for Scream if you haven't seen Scream. And yeah. also spoilers for Psycho if you haven't seen Psycho. Yeah. I feel like if people are listening to this podcast, they are badly prepared for spoilers for movies. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, um, I, don't really, I don't think I've ever seen a Hitchcock, which is crazy. But again, I guess that's the point of this whole podcast, right? But I haven't yeah. seen a Hitchcock, but I know that... Uh, my mum used to tell me whenever I was very young that the only two things that ever scared her were Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds and The Daleks from Doctor Who. Okay. And I was like, All right. two very contrasting things. Yeah. Yeah. She used to uh, run behind the couch when The Birds was on. Apparently my granda would watch The Birds constantly just during the day, which I was like, that's a real fucked thing to do. It's a weird when thing you, to do. When yeah. you know that one of your young children is terrified of the movie, it's just like, I'm just going to put it on during the day. But then I started thinking, maybe my mum was just like me and was very annoying at the age of 13 or whatever. <laughs> Grand was like, if I put the birds on, at least I'll get some fucking peace. Then, yeah. <laughs> then she'll leave me alone for yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. Or however long the birds is. Well, I so, can't imagine it's very long because the concept is not one that I feel like you could stretch. The, that's the joy of like old movies, right? Is that they're either 65 minutes or they're four hours. Or they're four hours <laughs> and there's no, yeah, there's no in between. Right, should we have a, a, a nosy at the old poster here, Matthew? Let's have a nosy at the old poster, yeah. Time for the poster, let's look at the poster, poster time. It's poster time. This poster, and it's the poster that's on Letterboxd as well, which is what because I, which is why I was like, because I looked at it and I was like, this cannot be the <laughs> official poster for Rear Window because it looks shit. It looks like it was photoshopped together by a chimp. Yeah, <laughs> but this looks like I did this on Canva. Yeah, it, truly. Yeah, it looks like. Yeah, somebody drew the lettering with a mouse on Microsoft Paint. Mm. Uh, it's a really shitty poster, but there's a lot going on in it. Yeah. So, uh, we've got a what looks like an American sort of apartment building, right? Mm -hmm. It's got the classic fire escape down the outside. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of red brick windows. You know, you know what a fucking block of flats looks like, right? Yeah. Um, and in the windows, there is a lady in her underwear and kind of like a guy reaching from behind the curtain with like he's about to like squeeze a boob. Mm. She looks like she's dancing. Yeah, maybe doing a little dance or maybe just like sort of mid taking her top off, mm. you know, because you can't see what that hand's doing behind the curtain. And then above her in the one above, there's like a couple who are doing something. It's very low resolution. They might be cutting a cake. I don't know what they're up to. It looks like they're staring at a bonsai plant. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're doing. They're just staring at a, a small tree. Yeah. And then down the bottom, there is a much larger gentleman. We assume closer to the camera. And yeah. he's got a pair of binoculars that he's got held up to his mouth. <laughs> as if he could taste the the images that they're showing him. Yeah. And behind him is a very suspicious looking woman. 
Well, I thought that woman more looked like she's like, that's not how you use binoculars, you fucking woman. Oh, okay, you think she's just giving him side eye. Yeah, she's like, like this guy's an idiot. This guy's never used binoculars before. Yeah. And he's like, this isn't the sandwich that I packed. <laughs> Can I also point out, the very? this is just a very minor point, the bottom left of the screen looks like a little Super Mario mushroom. I don't know what that's about. I don't know if that's just a logo of the production company. I think that's a logo of the production company. Yeah. Let's have a little cheeky zoom. I think... Is that the Paramount logo? And again, it is very low res, so it's very possible. It's incredibly low resolution. And I don't think that's because it's a low resolution image. Uh, yeah, I think the poster like is the just actual, like, yeah. the actual... Like the, the image itself has a decent amount of pixels in it. It's just the elements within that post, that picture, are all real. Are, they're real fucked. This strikes me as what's happened is uh, uh, Hitchcock has paid one of his mates to make a poster... And they've made it on, like, a postcard size. And then he's like, that'll do perfect. Can you get it blown up? And they've not... They've just taken it at the size it is and got it moved yeah. to, like, a large poster. And he's like, well, I guess that'll do. <laughs> I guess it'll do <laughs> as it is. <laughs> I have very little idea of what the plot for this, because it is literally a building and a bloke with, gla- with binoculars. But I guess maybe he's just looking into their flats. Well, except that he's looking in the other direction, right? But maybe we're assuming that that's kind of theatrical license, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, well, we've got to see the guy's face who's munching on this pair of binoculars. <laughs> yeah. I, all right, so here's my immediate thoughts, and you can feel free to disregard or add on or whatever you like. Okay. I think uh, uh, main guy, who I'm assuming is James Stewart, is a big perv. Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty safe to assume. He's been looking at Dancy Lady, and as he's looking at Dancy Lady, he realizes there's someone is reaching into the window, possibly about to attack them. And oh, he's like, okay. and he's like, this person's about to be assaulted, but I can't tell anyone because if I tell them, they'll all know I'm, I'm a, a big, big creeper. Yeah, and so maybe he has to like investigate the crime. And that's why his, Without, wa- his wife keeps coming in and being like, what are you doing with them binoculars? And he's like, oh, don't worry. I'm just um, have a look at the stars or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. I'm just looking at the... I'm, I'm a bird watcher. But yeah. he's, what, he's, he's, he's watching birds of a different variety because he's British. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just watching birds. And don't worry, like, love. I'm just watching the birds. <laughs> she, she's an American. She doesn't know our British slang. <laughs> I'm really talking about ladies in their underwear. That's what he says. Yeah. That's what he says when she closes the door every time. <laughs> he turns directly to camera and he's like, well, I didn't lie to her because actually I'm a British person and birds means women in Britain. <laughs> yeah. And obviously Jim Stewart is played by Danny Dyer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And his wife's, um, uh, I was going to say Kristen Wiig, but I feel like we, Kate McKinnon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just like he's like, I've he's seen a crime, but he knows by helping solve the crime, he will... In, uh, He'll implicate himself as a as a creeper and he will also be sent to prison. Mm. And so, yeah, he and so maybe he has to solve the crime. Well, and maybe because he's been watching, you know, he sees the couple up above and maybe they also lied to the police, you know? Mm. Maybe, like, the people who are staring at a bonsai tree are having an affair. Well, what if they've stolen that bonsai tree? Oh, yeah, what if they're big bonsai thieves? (laughs) They're big plant robbers. Yeah. And that's their latest acquisition. Yeah, you keep thinking it's weed, but it turns out they're just buying and selling bonsai trees (laughs) without permission. Yeah. It's actually just cultural appropriation. It's not illegal at all. It's just a bit crook. (laughs) 
Yeah. So how about yeah? So how about then British pervert, um, limey wrongen? Yeah. And his wife, blimey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and his wife Blimey, Blimey and oh, Blimey her, Rungan. Her name is Coraline Blimey, so it's Core Blimey. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, they live in—I was about to say New York City, but maybe they live in Boston or something. Yeah, that's good. They live in American Town, and they live opposite Crime Hotel. <laughs> oh, of course, yes. Right, and Crime Hotel—that is like the CD hotel that's where all the businessmen come to like have affairs and it's where people come to do drug deals and it's an, it's sort of well known for all of that and yeah. limey wrongen played by danny dyer loves to sit in the window in his big chair and his binoculars and have a look at all of like the different salacious crimes that are going on hmm. maybe he's like a journalist or something maybe he is yeah or yeah well, what what if what if he is a journalist, right? And that's why his wife's okay with it. But he's at, that's the the reason he's saying dance lady is because he's been perving also. But he uses the fact he's a journalist as like his right. His, but that, I mean, if he's a journalist though, could he could? could oh, yeah, could I he guess not yeah. Then just yeah, say, just say, yeah, I was just looking through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. He has to be a pervert, but you're correct. Maybe he's like home from the war or something, right? Yeah, and he's like been invalided. You know. Mm. He was what he was wounded in the war, and so he can't. All he all he can do all day is just sit at home. Oh wait, what if he's the owner of Crime Hotel? Oh shit! So, like that guy. Um, did you ever see the 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 documentary on that guy who owned a hotel? Is this like H H Holmes or something that made the murder hotel? No, no. Uh, this was a guy who was just like a. He had a pervert hotel, and he built a hotel, and then. All the ce- he made all the ceilings like three feet lower than they would otherwise be, so that he had like a crawl space around up the top. Oh, so he could crawl around and watch everyone. So that everyone he could crawl him. around and watch everyone. Yeah, oh. and he did it for like years. And I think maybe he did see a murder or something. I can't remember. Yeah, but it was, whatever it was, it was fucked. But yeah, because that would make sense why he's not doing anything, right? Because he's like, well, Crime Hotel is the busiest hotel in the city of Boston. So I have nothing to do, so I'm just sitting there in my house, I got bored, and I decided one day, I'm like, well, if you ever want to see a free peep show, where are you best to see it? Crime Hotel? Yes. Well, or maybe he doesn't realise, maybe this is how it goes down, that he's the owner of Crime Hotel... I can still hear you fine. We're okay. To... I took my hat off everyone, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I had to remove my hat. <laughs> he's the owner of Crime Hotel, mm-hmm. right? And he... But he's kind of oblivious to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because his wife is the one who deals with the day-to-day affairs of Crime Hotel. And all he knows is, is like, oh, yeah, business is booming. That's great. And then one day, he sees, as he's walking down... Maybe he gets, like, Superman grounded style. Maybe he gets accosted by, like, a lady who's like, if he wasn't for your CD hotel, my husband wouldn't have been able to have an affair with that lady. And he's like, what? Uh, Unsavory business going down in crime hotel? I don't (laughs) think so. Yeah. I don't bloody think so. I'm Denny Dyer and I run an honest business. Yeah. But it it sticks in his mind, right? Mm. And so then he gets a pair of binoculars and he starts watching. What's going on? And that's when he—that's when he realizes, yeah, 
But he has that moment where he's like, I can't report anything because I realize that everybody who's using my hotel is a criminal. And yes. if I report them, and I'm so going to start losing money. I'm going to start losing. They're going to shut my hotel down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's when he's like, oh, but actually this is kind of, this is pretty sick, actually. Yeah. And I actually quite like watching all of these all of these salacious crimes happening. Well, what about this, Matt, right? What if that's he's the seen... name of the villain. Salacious crimes <laughs> is the name of... Yeah. But they just call him Sal, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. What if the, the sexy dancer lady, right? What if sexy dancer there doesn't die at the start, but he sees someone, you know, come into the room and she looks worried. The next day he sees her and maybe she's like hurt a bit. Yeah. Or like she's limping, that kind of thing where he's like... Well, okay. I was going to say, maybe he gets like... Maybe he spends a few weeks watching... And then, you know, maybe he, this is like, sexy dancer lady is maybe a lady of the night, you know, a prostitute, a sex worker who is using, you know, pretty much uses the hotel full time, right? Always has the same room. And he becomes a little bit obsessed with her. Mm. He's like, I'm, you know, he's not watching the rest of the rooms anymore. He's only watching her do sexy dances for businessmen. And yeah, he becomes a bit like weirdly creepily obsessed. Mm. And then one day, yeah, he sees her either get murdered or, you know, he sees her like, with a black eye or something out on the street. Well, I was going to say... she turns up dead. Yeah. I was going to say, if you see her hurt st- at the start, then that gives him a decision to make where it's like a bit time sensitive, do you mean? Yeah. Where then he kind of has to be like, oh, do I report to say anything or do I not? Like, you know, because I don't get... Well, and that, yeah, and then when she turns up dead, right, maybe he... Maybe he is like... You know what? I've got to, right? He makes the decision. Mm. I've got to, you know, he's got a glass of whiskey and he's like, I've got to do it. I've got to go to the police. Yeah. And that's when he uh, either sees or she turns up dead. And then he's like, fuck, I can't go to the police anymore because they'll be like, well, why didn't you come to us earlier? Well, what about this? No, she's dead and it's your fault. Well, you just said he's having whiskey, right? So what if the scene is he goes out to core and he's like, core... I can't drive because I'm smashed. I need you to bring me to the police station. Like, it's important. I've got to report a crime. And she's like, just because she's he's like, okay, so, uh, come on, let's go, whatever it is. And then on the way down the stairs, she's asking questions about it. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'll tell you when we get there. And as they open the doors, they see the ambulance pull up with sexy dancer in it. And he's like, it's, it's already too late. But then at this point, she knows. The wife knows that he knows. That's good. And, it, and then he has to be like, well, I was, maybe I could have been watching, you know, Strips McKenzie for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, yeah, the yeah, further conflict of both him kind of looking at a woman who wasn't his wife without, you know, having an open... Like, he didn't, he never openly talked to her about, you know? There's no, a cha- sure. She has a chance she could have been okay with it, but it's just the lack of trust with it. Yeah, they could have maybe watched Strips McKenzie together. Yeah. But it's, it's the, it's he the, didn't ask. Yeah, it's the, it's the, and la- that's the, the lack, problem. Yeah, it's the lack of telling's the problem. And there, you have that conflict, but also the fact that the two of them are now. Yeah, well, and maybe then she's like, okay, well, look, we're in this together, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to keep the integrity of Crime Hotel so that we don't get closed down by the police. We've got to keep your name out of this because. Otherwise, we're both fucked, right? Do they have a child, And you perhaps? might go to jail. Do they have a child, yeah? Maybe they've got a kid who's like, um, you know, some sort of local politician or something, or like a brother. Maybe there's like a local politician brother I was gonna who's say, a bit crooked. What if it's one of those classic, like, 
they're 17 and they've just got like their scholarship to a big university yes i go to harvard or princeton or whatever one's closest to boston going to harvard yard <laughs> but <laughs> like park the car yeah but it, but if they find out their family are big criminals then they'll they you know that be yeah, taken exactly. away from them etc yeah and so the what yeah the wife's like okay well yeah and they do it they successfully cover it up you know yeah well, they don't have to cover up technically. They just have to pretend they don't know. Well, their own involvement, right? They cover yeah, up their yeah. own yeah. shit, right? The hotel stays open. Everyone thinks it was. It gets labelled as an accident, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she'd been she'd been pushed out of the window or something, and everyone's like, "Oh, she just fell," or uh, you know, something something like that, right? It gets yeah. ruled an accidental death. But fuck, I forgot his name. Limey. Yeah. <laughs> Limey Rongan. He knows. He's like, no, no, there's no way that was accidental death. That was murder because I seen what went down. Yeah, and so and he can't stop thinking about it. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, "There's a murderer walking around out there, and they are getting away with this because of my selfishness, right?" And so he's trying to go about and surreptitiously investigate. But his wife is like, "What are you? What are you doing? You're yeah. bring, you know, you're potentially bringing down more heat on us." It was just, you know, it was just, it was just, it was just some broad, she yeah. says. Come on, have a quaffy uh, <laughs> and, and, and forget and forget about it. And he's like, I, I can't have a quaffy and forget about it. American wife, I've got to <laughs> do. And so she's like, well, okay, look, if you're really going to be a prick about this, I'll help you. And then we can put all this behind us, right? Well, what about this is a bit of conflict. Yeah. What about bonsai couple right yeah what if one of them is just uh, the wife of bonsai couples out walking the street and danny dar notices the person behind them is wearing the same coat that was hanging up in strips mckenzie's room and oh, he's shit. like he's like that's possibly the person yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. as they're walking down the street the street lights go out and he's like oh fuck it's about like something's gonna happen it's about to go down yeah. and he runs downstairs again as you said maybe he's a bit injured and stuff so it's like him struggling downstairs and yeah. he runs out and he sees the person approaching bonsai wife and he tackles her to the ground you know trying to protect her and it turns out it's literally just a delivery man oh shit and then his wife comes out and is like another woman Another woman from across the street. Can you yeah, not yeah, keep yeah, yourself yeah. to yourself? And he's like, "No, it's I was trying to protect her." And then she looks up and she's like, "Get off me!" Like bonsai woman's like, "Get off me! Get off me! You mm. horrible oaf!" And that's one of these things where it starts then becoming he starts doubting his own sanity. Do you mean? Where yeah, he's like, yeah. He Am starts I? thinking he's insane, and he yeah, and uh, maybe the twist is that like wife all along is trying to be supportive and is like, look. You know that I believe you, but like, you know, you have to be smart about this. You have to think about this. And maybe he starts suspecting maybe there's like, there's bonsai, there's the bonsai couple who've been doing like a stolen exotic plant business out of the hotel. There's Strips McKenzie who died. And maybe there's like a couple of other people. And he starts really suspecting this one other fella. Yeah. Who's in there. Maybe it's like the superintendent of like, of the hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's like the one below American Wife. Played by Tim Curry, obviously. Played by Tim Curry, yes. And his name is... Jim Curry. His name is Salacious... (laughs) No, his name's Salacious Crimes. Yeah, Sal. (laughs) Sal Crimes. Yeah. And he's like, I reckon reckon Salacious Crimes did it. And so, you know, that's the story, right? And maybe Mm -hmm. the thing of it is that they get him. 
right? Mm-hmm. They find the evidence, the coat, the blood stained, whatever it is, like a pair of gloves or whatever. The gloves fit, uh, and so they can't acquit, and Salacious Crimes goes down for the murder of Strips McKenzie. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that Salacious Crimes has been set up by American Wife. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say, Matt. An American wife, like, knew from day one what Limey was, Rimey Wrongham was up to and mm. was, like, real jealous. And she was the one that killed... Strips McKenzie. Strips McKenzie. And maybe also, like, Bonsai Lady dies as well. Mm. You know, after the thing that they had. Yeah, she dies in, like, a real, like, coincidence, like, falls in front of a train where... Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you have one of those great bets whenever she falls re- onto a real spiky Christmas tree that she was in the process of stealing. <laughs> yeah. You have one of those great scenes where, like, it's um, Limey's looking at all the, or realizing all the evidence and it keeps cutting back to every scene of someone dying and the camera pads around to show you the core Blimey's there with her hood up. Yeah. Wearing, like, lifts in her shoes to make her seem slightly taller, like. Uh, yeah, exactly. And was wearing like a big coat with like yeah. all, shoulder pads know, and stuff. Like shoulder it. pads and a big hat, and she's got black. You know, you just see the black gloves maybe as, he, as, as she yeah. pushes bonsai lady. Can American Wife be played by Natasha Leon? Oh, absolutely yes. I think that's a great casting choice. Yeah, absolutely. Especially opposite England's Prince Danny Dyer. <laughs> Especially opposite Danny Dyer. Yeah, exactly. Do we and we need to cast Strips McKenzie and Bonsai Lady, who we need a name for as well. Um no, I think Bonsai Lady's good. <laughs> yeah, Bonsai Lady. Uh I reckon Strips McKenzie is Oh. Oh, Hayden Panettiere. That's yeah, sure. That's a yeah. strong choice. Uh and maybe Bonsai Lady is Courtney Cox. That's yeah, I like I, I like Courtney Cox for Bonsai Lady for sure. Yeah. I, cause I, who was I going to say? I was going to say, oh, fuck, what's her name? Similar to Hayden Pettinettier, Rogue in the X-Men. Oh, yes. Anna Paquin. Yeah. yeah was yeah. going to be my choice, but I like Hayden Pettinettier. Yeah. I feel like Hayden Pettinettier is kind of like my safety. Whatever I, do, I can't think yeah. of someone who I'm like, they're not a Hollywood celebrity, but they're no- but they're notable. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they play a solid supporting actor, yeah. and they're, you know, they're due a renaissance, right? Yeah. God, imagine Hayden Panettiere wins an Oscar in like 10 years' time, and everyone's That'd like, be incredible. I, knew, I knew when I was watching Heroes, and she kept jumping off that building, that this one day she'd win an Oscar. Yeah. Oh, you know what, actually, can I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to offer a alternative. Okay, let's go for it. In the same kind of vein that mm-hmm. I'm like, I, w- I would love for them to have like a dramatic uh, resurgence in the way that Brendan Fraser or Matthew McConaughey did, you know? Mm-hmm. Ashley Teasdale. Oh, absolutely. As absolutely. McKenzie. Yeah, absolutely. Because then you can, have a nice, you can have a nice musical number at some point where she sings like Favour or something on a piano. Sure, while doing a little <laughs> dance in the window. Yeah. And Danny Dyer's watching, going, Fuuuuh. She's got a really long cigarette and a holder. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And gloves the whole way up to the shoulders for some reason. Yeah. It's, do you, it's the reason I thought of Ashley Teasdale after you said Hayden Panetta in the air, because they're both in the horror games. Yeah, um, almost certainly. 
the Dark Pictures ones. Yeah, almost certainly. Because she's in the vampire one in Iraq, and Hayden Panettiere is in Until Dawn. I was thinking the other day, but isn't it crazy that, like, at some point, those games were just like, what if we just send them to the Iraq war? <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, but there's vampires. There's going to be vampires. Yeah, and also the vampires are from space. And they communicate through music, if that's not clear. Yes. Like, the whole... We should do a hot episode where we just go through the Until Dawn, or the, you know, Dark Pictures games. The Dark Pictures. Because they are legitimately like things we've made up on the spot. If we do... If we ever end up doing bonus episodes, we should do playthroughs of all of those. I would love... I There's nothing I think would bring me more joy, even more so than maybe making a movie, than... Finding out that we had got a Dark Pictures anthology crossover where they let us write the plot. Oh, that'd be so good. But they let us write the plot based on what we think happens in Little Hope or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) They just make Little Hope the what the flick version. I'm like, I don't know, Will Poulter's a Frankenstein and his cock's magnetic. Like, I mean, we... we... What, right, Matt, to go back to Rear Window, sorry to have to go back to Rear Window, but just out of curiosity. Sure. What if uh, what if um, there, there's a whole subplot where, you know, like, the maybe the, pl- the police have been poking around because... Yeah, can the but... police, the main police guy, can he wear a top hat and be played by Satcha Baron Cohen? <laughs> absolutely. In a dramatic, you know, a dramatic yeah. role. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, can it be Sasha Baron Cohen and Dawn Cheadle as like two? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Fuck. yeah. That's imagine, perfect. imagine watching a movie, right? That's like a small town crime film where they're the two, sh- they're the sheriff and the deputy. Yeah, like Dawn Cheadle's the sheriff and Sasha Baron Cohen's like a deputy who's transferred in from a big city. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like- I was thinking about it the other way around. Where Sasha Baron Cohen plays like the sort of white, like broad accented kind of like eccentric sheriff of the town mm. and then Don Cheadle's almost like a Simon Pegg figure in Hot Fuzz you know oh. where he's like transferred in because he was a big shot like city cop but he made some mistake My right what? or he tried to arrest yeah. the wrong guy in a corrupt system and he mm. got transferred out into the middle of nowhere Matt, what about this, right? Let me pitch you... That. We're, this is a completely different film now. <laughs> we're, just, we're just writing yeah, our yeah, own right. dream movies now. Let, let me pitch you this, right? What if both of them have been sent down, punished, because they were doing like a, I don't know, an undercover bust or something, they fucked up, right? Yeah. And they get sent to this small town, and it is a bit hot fuzzy, but it's like an American small town. Like, you know, I'm not talking full Bible Belt, but just like small rural town not everyone's sure. like a fucking hick or anything but just like not lots happening and the sheriff is bob odenkirk oh okay and they're both really serious cops do you know what I mean? yeah and the actual plot is not them solving like some mystery in the same way as hot fuzz but what it is is them like being like maybe it's okay to slow down not everything has to be like a hundred miles per hour do you know what I mean but at the same yeah, time yeah, 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 yeah. you have some mystery but it's not like hot fuzz where it's like loads of people getting murdered or something it's just like them solving some like real minor thing where they keep going over the top and they realize that it's actually like you know a story about just finding yourself and finding joy and where you are but just sasha baron cohen and dawn Cheadle fucking about while bob odenkirk just turns up every now and then to have a bit of comedic relief i think would be fantastic that'd be fantastic yeah yeah oh. what a film yeah <laughs> what a film better than this <laughs> <laughs> Get out of Hollywood if you're listening. 
why don't, why don't let us two white men write a movie for once? <laughs> I quite often think that Joe, yeah, one of my greatest gifts is thinking of actors who should work together who have yes. never worked together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite things. I constantly am annoyed that at no point in any Marvel film have they had an extended conversation between Batista and Tilda Swinton. And it boggles my mind because just the two of them just having a chat about anything would just be so fascinating to watch. Right. Sorry. Back to your window, right? What if it turns out that the kid, you know, whatever I would have named the kid, (laughs) um, something wrong and uh, Simon, 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 yeah, Biff wrong. (laughs) Um, what, right, so whenever the police have been coming around, you know, and they've been talking about looking uh, into, like, the illegal plant trade, and you think it's Bonsai Lady, and it turns yeah. out that Biff has actually been selling drugs the whole time. And oh, his shit. And his scholarship was revoked, but his dad doesn't know. But the mum knows, and that's why she's like, we gotta, we gotta get all this money also so that I can pay so for maybe, the scholarship. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe instead of jealousy. Yeah. Or that was a, maybe that was what, like, made it, finally tipped her over the edge. Hmm. But maybe Strips McKenzie found out what was going on mm-hmm. with Biff Rungan, you know, and his mum selling drugs out of the thing. And she was like, listen, if you want me to keep my mouth shut about this, you're going to subs, you're going to make it. So, you know, you guys, you've got, you own this whole hotel. You're, you know, you're making money hand over fist. You're going to give me this room for free. And also you're going to, like pay me to hush money so that you know eventually i never have to do this again right you're my ticket out of here and other if you don't help me out then i'm going to turn you into don Cheadle and satcha baron cohen yeah and that's why she had to die because she knew too much yeah and then maybe bonsai lady you know also like was somehow was a witness or found out something or was like recognized a smell in the building she was like oh that smells like this rare breed of super weed and they're like <laughs> oh that's no and then you know that's when she knows that she had to die but mm. danny dies real self-centered and he's like oh you did all this for je- uh you did all this for jealousy you yeah. thought that I was I was had the hots for these ladies and so you killed them and she's like that's I barely no. even care about you, Danny Dyer. What about this, though? What if she's like, you're right, Danny Dyer, and I'm so sorry. Come here. And then he goes in for a hug, and then she stabs him in the back. Oh, shit! And then leaves him for dead, and she walks out. And then the thing is, because he's been injured in the war, where she stabbed him, is acts like a dead nerve or something, do you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he's yeah. able to kind of crawl back up out of the room. And like, then they have the whole thing of like, she just sees him getting into the car and she has to run for the car. Then you have a nice cross-city car chase. That's very good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, I, yeah, he's trying to get hold of Sacha Baron Cohen and Don Cheadle. Yeah. They're obviously called Borad and Rhodey. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really like the idea. And then what, you can have the whole thing where it's like, they're racing there, right? To be like, she stabbed me, or he, or she's gonna be like, he hit me. Do you know what I mean? And the idea of like yeah. they're they're like going to go and tell their opposite sides of the story. And then you have one of those classic, you know, like the standoff things, and the police be like, "Well, how do we know who's telling the truth?" Mm-hmm. And then we'll have to figure out something that Danny Dyer can say that would make her snap. Do you know what I mean? Or something that like makes her like admit the truth or say something wrong? Yes. Well, maybe yeah. what happens is that he decides enough's enough. And he's like, listen, love, 
and it's an American wife. <laughs> the jig's up, and I'm sorry, but it's over, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm telling everybody everything, right? The hotel, the drugs, the biff. We've all got to pay for our crimes. And that's when she's like, you're absolutely not going to send our son to jail. And that's when she goes for him. Yeah. Maybe with the knife again. Like doing this right in front of the PlayStation, right? Oh, what, yeah. if it, what if it's so early in the morning that the PlayStation's closed, right? And what he does is he like delays her long enough. So it's like right as the cars are pulling up. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he like talks long enough and distracts her that she's just staring at him. And because of the morning, the sirens aren't on or whatever, right? The cars are slightly, sure. slightly pulled up behind. Famously, like, cops don't turn their sirens until <laughs> 6 a.m. Well, maybe they're all just driving Priuses in this 1950s film. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps like, you know, like talking shit and distract her and very slowly backing towards the door. And eventually he hits the doors and they're locked. And that's whenever he's like, We've all got to go down for this. You know we have to. And that's when she lunges forward and goes to stab him. And yeah. right as she goes to stab him, you see the handcuff fly around her wrist. Do you know what I mean? And then Sasha's just like, I'm afraid you're coming with me, ma'am. Yeah, and you see, like, the handcuff is attached on the end of a whip. And Sasha <laughs> Baron Cohen from, like, 30 feet away has just whipped her handcuff, whipped her into handcuffs. Yeah. A Dawn Cheadle just, like, throws one the other side, but, like, with such profi- proficiency that it wraps around her that, like, a boomerang the other half and comes back, <laughs> bringing her <laughs> She just, like, flies back and he grabs the other end of it. <laughs> Attach yeah. it on, like, you know, a little handle in the back seat of a car. She just flies in the back door. And then he's like, well, better take it downtown. And they get into the car, then immediately get out because they're at the PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of them both being like a bit like a kind of Columbo. Yeah, one more thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where they sort of pretend to be quite stupid and bumbling, but yeah. actually they're quite incisive. And maybe there's like a really cool scene where they're sitting in like the house of the wrongans mm-hmm. and they're talking to Limey and Cor and <laughs> they are, you know, they're 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 interrogating them in what initially seems like quite a stupid way, but it actually mm. turns out that their questions are very pertinent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you think and, they're asking real dumb shit, but then later on you realise it's all relevant. Yeah, exactly. And so they all re- really, they already know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, they ask something real stupid, like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, there's something like, there's a Lindenwood tree outside, and what I'm just is like, Oh, it smells an awful lot like coming here. <laughs> like, like, Cor's like, that's actually a Lindenwood tree. They smelled an awful lot like that, unfortunately. At the end, he's like, you had intricate knowledge of the smell of plants. No one else would have that, unless they knew an awful lot about plants. Is that it, map? <laughs> kind of, like, where you just think it's like a weird comedy scene where he's just talking about the cum tree, and it turns out it's actually incredibly relevant to her knowledge of horticulture. Yeah, exactly. And we can leave the details of what that is to like clever people yeah we're not the script writers we're producers yeah we're just this we've got story credits and all of these we're not yeah. got writer credits on anything that was literally what i did at university i specifically did the writing part of it but regardless <laughs> but well i read the real film well hang on how does it wrap up does she succeed in stabbing like does danny dyer die does she go to jail or does she you know how how do we how do we end it? I reckon Danny Dar doesn't die, but he's maybe a bit hurt again, right? 
he maybe yeah. sells off the hotel. I feel like the hotel's got. We've got to like pan back to the hotel, and it's like a, a more upmarket establishment now. You know, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Maybe there's like a thing where Strips McKenzie has a sister. Mm. Uh, who is Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Like, they've been looking into it. You know, she'd been in contact with Limey. And at the end, Limey's like, listen, it's the least I can do. Take, you know, I'll be fine, right? Oh. I'll sell you this hotel at a cut price and I'll be I'll be sorted for the, for the, you know, I can retire and you can have this hotel. You can do what you want with it. What if he gives a date, Hayden Panettiere and Bonsai Husband? And Bonsai Husband, yeah. And yeah. then they run it together as like a exotic plant shop slash Airbnb kind of like, you know, boutique yeah. hotel. Yeah. And then we have a spin-off sitcom about after this drama film about Hayden Panettiere and, I don't know, uh, the guy who plays Sam from Lord of the Rigs. What do you call him? Sean Ascot? Sean Aston. Yeah. yeah, Aston, yeah. It's those as, two. As bonsai husbands. <laughs> yeah, it's those two just running a hotel slash bonsai tree shop. It's just a little funny sitcom. And yeah. like Fraser's in it occasionally. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. The, the very last scene is is Danny Dyer in uh on like the beach somewhere. Like, you know, just sitting enjoying like the um the sun and he takes out just a little like a binoculars and look at the plot like the the birds and then just behind one of the birds you see someone come up and slide someone a envelope and he just break pulls the binoculars down and goes, Oh bother <laughs> <laughs> Just for yeah, full into the camera he's like ah Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, roll, then roll with it, please. <laughs> Look around the world, pretty baby. Yeah. You see, he's got the binoculars, and you're like, oh, what's going on here? But then you, it cuts to binocular view, and it it's literally is just, you know, he's watching the yeah. seagulls. But then you see it pans down, and there's just like a lady in a bikini, and you're like, oh, Limey, you've not learned. Yeah. And then you see like a shadow fall over the lady of like yeah. a hand with a knife. Yeah. And then he puts the binoculars down and you he's he's like pulls <laughs> on his collar. <laughs> and there's like uh you know, the, the trombone goes like wop 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 I like that I don't know why, but I always think it's And then funny. the Looney Tunes like that sort of folks closes <laughs> in on his face. <laughs> And accidentally in love by Counting Crows plays. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think roll with a thrill for you. Don't want to take. Look at the world, pretty baby. Yeah. I get those two songs yeah. confused yeah. a lot. But I think it's just that's the perfect. Like just him being like, oh fuck, and then just yeah. that plays immediately with the credits. Not just... again. <laughs> all right. Let's all just madly prepare for what's no doubt because it's a film in the 1950s or something that's probably going to be very sad it's and full be of a lot of some problematic shit. things. There's going to be some crook shit in it. Although, actually, that being said, I don't remember any crook shit. Well, no, that's not true. No, no, I take it back. There's crook shit in Psycho. A woman's murdered for one thing. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, aside from that, like yeah. stuff that it's like is presented as sort of fine and yeah. you're like, mm, <laughs> yeah, these days, you. no thanks. Okay. Here's the real film. That's what really happened, didn't it? In the mid-1950s, recuperating from a broken leg, professional photographer L.B. Jeff Jeffries, Jeff is in quotations, his name's not Jeff Jeffries. 
His uh, name's Jeff. LB Jeffries, but everyone calls yeah. him Jeff. Okay. Well, it, was he wounded in the war? Doesn't say. But uh. he is confined to a wheelchair in his apartment in Manhattan. Okay. His well, rear we window. Said I was in Boston, but still. Yeah, that's fine. A big American city. His rear window looks out onto a courtyard and other apartments. During an intense heat wave, he watches his neighbors who keep their windows open to stay cool. Which okay. I'll explain why. I'll explain why sexy dancers not wearing very much. Yeah, but so so far so it's the poster. You know, we're yeah. we're, we're pretty much on the money, but that's to be expected. This is. They are a lonely woman whom Jeff nicknames Miss Lonely Hearts. A newlywed couple, a pianist... Yeah, okay, so the neighbours are, is what yeah. they're saying. The neighbours, they are... Yeah. Dot, yeah. dot, dot. A pretty dancer named Miss Torso. <laughs> okay, so that's our strips... That's a worse name than Strips McKenzie. It absolutely is. A middle-aged couple whose small dog likes digging in the flower garden. And Lars Thorwald, a travelling costume jewellery salesman with a bedridden wife. <laughs> well, there's our... Uh unlikely that you know that's our bonsai couple right the yeah. this guy with the stupid job that makes no sense <laughs> a traveling costume jewelry salesman's a fantastic job though i have a very clear memory of being in careers class when i was like 14 yeah and everyone being asked to write down what their three jobs they, their three dream jobs were and i came to a boy in our class whose name was graden and graden's number one job was farm animal impersonator <laughs> it really, really cracked me That's up. That's great. And, and Mrs. Montgomery did not care for it. And she was like, What? She's like, You can't have that one, so you have to give us another three. And then his second one was um, Disney mascot. And she was like, Well, that doesn't count either. And his fourth one was. That's fun- not fair. Yeah, but no. Disney mascot's a legitimate job. Yeah, but then his third one was. Um, football team mascot and it, it, it came apart that every one of his jobs involved him just dressing up for it <laughs> she, she did not care for this i do it's great i think imagine having lived in a time where those kinds of like just ridiculous jobs were just something you could do for a living. Oh, what mm. do you do? Well, me, I'm a traveling shoe polish merchant. <laughs> I go from town to town hawking my wares. I I genuinely remember being like, I must have been four or five, like I couldn't have been old, where a guy came and sold a vacuum cleaner to our, like tried to sell a vacuum cleaner to mm. our house at the door. And like mom and dad was like, no. And I, I just stuck in my head, because even as a child, I was like, that's a fuck job. Like, that's crazy. That's how you make your living. Anyway, sorry. Jeff is visited regularly by socialite girlfriend Elisa Fremont and a nurse named Stella. One night after an argument with Elisa, Jeff is alone in his department and hears a woman scream, Don't, and the sound of breaking glass. Oh. Later that night, during a thunderstorm, he observes Thorwall making repeated late night trips carrying a suitcase. The next morning, Jeff notices that Thorwall's wife is gone. And sees him cleaning a large knife and handsaw. Oh shit. That guy chopped up his wife. <laughs> he got pretty close here. Well. Well, well. <laughs> there's, a, there's a person dead. Miss Torso uh, didn't die though, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. I uh, guess not. Thorwald not yet, al- anyway. Yeah. Thorwald also has moving men haul away a large trunk. Jeff becomes convinced that Thorwald has murdered his wife and shares this with Lisa and Stella who believe him when they observe Thorwald acting suspiciously. Oh, they believe him? It just seems like it just seems like the kind of thing where they just automatically think he's crazy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah. no, they're fully into it. Jeff calls his buddy and 
War, or sorry, calls his friend and war buddy Tom Doyle, a New York police detective, and asks him to investigate Thorwald. Doyle finds nothing suspicious. Apparently, Miss Thorwald is simply upstate. Hmm. Soon after, the neighbor's dog is found dead. Oh, oh no! Don't, don't care for that. Stop that. Uh, the distraught, yeah, the distraught owner yells and everyone runs to their window except for Thorwald. Who sits quietly in his apartment smoking a sits cigar. Sits quietly in his apartment just gently skinning a dog. <laughs> Certain that Thorwald killed the dog, Jeff telephones him to lure him away so that Stella and Lisa can investigate. He believes Thorwald buried something in the flower bed and killed the dog because it was digging there. When Thorwald leaves, Lisa and Stella dig up the flowers but find nothing. Ugh. Do you think he's going to be crazy or do you think he's going to be right? I think he's going to be right, but I think that the guy he thinks is guilty is actually going to be innocent. Mm. And it'll be somebody else that's the real murderer. Yeah. Much to Jeff's amazement and admiration, Lisa climbs up the fire escape to Thorwald's apartment and clambers in through an open window. Oh shit, alright. Jeff and Stella get distracted when they see Miss Lonely Hearts take out some pills and write a note. Wait, hang on, who's Miss Lonely Hearts? She's just one of the other neighbours. She's not Miss Tor, so she's just a a separate lady. A separate lady who we haven't heard about yet. Uh, I think they did mention him, but I was oh, just... Oh, did scrolling. they? Okay, I must yeah, not just, have been paying attention. I don't think that she's done anything bar be named. I right, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, she takes out some pills and a note, realizes she's about to attempt suicide. They call the police, but before they can report... That's another it, fucking movie! Stop having suicides in! Well... What the fuck? Before they can report it, Miss Lonely Heart stops and opens the window to listen to the pianist's music, so... Oh, just, okay. They're just right. hint, hinting at a suicide. Still, though, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it genuine. Like, there's enough in... It's it's enough of a pattern in yeah. the episodes that we've done now that it's, like, it's weird that there's that many suicides in classic films. Do you think, and a, a genuine query, do you think it's one of those things where um, people were so unprepared to speak about mental health in the old days that suicide was, like, a much more, like shocking topic like obviously it's not it's not okay to like make light of it now by any means but i mean think of the old days it was like one of those ones where it was almost like cheap hate do you mean or like maybe i don't know because it's just such a like it was just such a different perception of what mental health was like back then yeah 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 yeah. um who knows no good i feel like i feel like suicide now in better films or films that like you know this is considered like a classic classics Mm. now generally treat it a bit more like nuanced and like you know it's not all just black and white whereas in the old films sure. just kind of like, just throw a fucking suicide in there and we'll see what happens do you know what I mean yeah 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 uh, sorry anyway uh, so she opens the window to listen to the pianist music Thorwald returns and confronts Lisa and Jeff realizes that Thorwald's going to kill her he calls the police and reports an assault in progress the police arrive and arrest Lisa when Thorwald indicates that she broke into his apartment oh shit Jeff sees Lisa coyly pointing to her, her finger with Mrs. Thorwald's wedding ring on it. Thorwald also sees this and realizing that she is signaling someone spots Jeff across the courtyard. Oh, okay. I'm actually quite interested now. This might yeah. be the first time I've read a plot where I'm quite interested. You're involved. Yeah. Jeff phones Doyle, the policeman, and leaves an urgent message when Stella goes to bail Lisa out of jail. When his phone rings, Jeff assumes it is Doyle and blurts out that the suspect has left. When no one answers, he realizes that it was Thorwald calling. 
Thorwald oh, enters Jeff's it. dark apartment and Jeff sets off a series of camera flashbulbs to temporarily blind him. Thorwald pushes Jeff out the window. Holy shit! And Jeff, hanging on, yells for help. Police enter the apartment, Jeff falls, and officers on the ground break his fall. Thorwald confesses to the police that he murdered his wife. Oh, oh wow, okay. I, th- I was expecting a twist. There was yeah. no twist, he just did it. Yeah. Those were simpler times. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've got a suicide, we don't need a twist. <laughs> <That's what laughs> Uh, what do you want? The guy, <laughs> did, did, you think he did the murder and then he did the murder. What do you want from me? No one's. <laughs> Get out of here. Let's write a movie about a guy who seems like he killed abroad. <laughs> and then he did. he did kill abroad. <laughs> <laughs> the people love it. I'm nice, child. I'm shaking in the room. Like, I'm fucking <laughs> I've never seen such a straight road in my fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> At some point in like 65, somebody went, yeah, but what about, what if he actually didn't kill the broad? And the producer's like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> yeah. If you set room. up that a guy might have killed a broad in Act you, you better have fucking find out that he killed a broad in Act 3. But chief, what if we did kill him? What if the broad did die, but it was another guy? <laughs> I don't understand any of this. You get out of here. You get out of here and you send Hitchcock back in. He knows how to make a movie. He knows that if you see a guy kill a broad, he better have killed that broad. And that guy turned out to be Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the inspiration behind the movie Free Willy. Yep. A movie I don't know if Spielberg made. <laughs> or indeed, how many broads die in it? Well, <laughs> let's move on. A few days later, normal, 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 I can never say that word. What's it? Normalcy? Normalcy? Normalcy. Yeah. A few days later, the normalcy returns to the neighborhood. A, the couple whose dog was killed have a new puppy. The newlyweds are having their first argument. Mrs. Torso's boyfriend comes back from the army. Miss Lonely Hearts starts seeing the pianist. And th- well, I bet she bloodied it. Yeah. <laughs> and Thorwald's apartment is being refurbished. Jeff rests in his wheelchair now with casts on both legs. Beside him, Lisa reads a book titled Beyond the High Himalayas. After seeing that Jeff is sleeping, Lisa happily opens a fashion magazine. The end. I'll be honest. <laughs> Like, I went on a proper ride with that movie. Yeah. Because... And then it came to a very calm, slow well, stop. Fir- well, no, because at first I was really in. I was hooked. Because I was yeah. like, where's this going to go? What's the twist going to be? Right? Yeah. And I was trying to think in my head. I was like, okay, well, this seems like this, but this isn't this. And then yeah. what's it going to... And then it just turned out that it was like the most... The thing that you think happened, happened. Yeah. And that's it. And then he gets arrested and everyone lives happily ever after. And frankly, that is a disappointment. I I don't know whether we're spoiled now with movies that have got like more than one plot beat in them, but mm. it feels like there should have been a twist, right? Am I crazy? No, I think you're correct, but I do also think that maybe that scene... Because obviously we're just reading this plot summary, right? And yeah. Maybe that scene where... Um, Thorwald does throw Jeff out the window is actually a lot more tense because oh I bet it would be really yeah. tense yeah I bet yeah. when Lisa breaks into whatever his name is Thorwald Lars Svarsson's apartment yeah uh, I bet that's very tense yeah I, I'm sure that if you watch it it's probably a well put together little thriller 
I just, yeah, I think I would be disappointed going out of that, going, oh, so the guy who definitely did the murders just did them? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. um, I'm trying to think of how I could could maintenance this, but I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that makes sense. I guess maybe if you find out that, like, um, uh, Miss uh, Lonely Hearts, who was the one that was taking the pills or something, Maybe she uh, was having an affair with Thorwald, yeah. and she killed the wife, and then felt immense guilt about it. But and maybe then killed her by accident kill or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's there's ways that you could do it, probably. And then you can still have the Thorwalds in on it, right? Maybe he helped hide the body, but he didn't mm. actually do the murder, and that's a nice little twist on it there. Well, suck shit, Hitchcock. I've beat you again. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, the poster boys outclass. The world's most renowned filmmakers. Yeah. And we will continue to do so. Yeah, with almost zero forethought. Yeah. Join I us again, to... won't you? Yeah. On next week's episode, which will be another movie. <laughs> what a huge amount of sizzle that is. Yeah, right? <laughs> this would be great if next week we just did Lost, the TV show. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you know what? Do you know what it is? What is it? It's a good day to be a bad boy. But fucking hell, is it one of the best fucking days of my life to be a poster boy? (laughs) Suck shit, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Movies suck and we're better. (laughs) Please leave us five stars on your podcast app of choice. (laughs) I I think we should do this going forward. Just we slowly get more and more a confident and be <laughs> aggressively like adversarial towards movies in general. <laughs> I think that's a good character that we can roll with from here on out. There's Nothing no, that's been filmed has ever been yeah, good. Fuck <laughs> movies. Nobody's ever made a good one. We're the only people with good ideas. Oh fuck. <laughs> right, get out of here. I've done the outro. What are you listening for? Stop listening. Yeah, it's <laughs> over. Ferris Bueller's day off. The movie's done. We're both in our stripy dressing gowns. Yeah. And I'm... running over two women in Ireland. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Don't tell people about my times at home. <laughs> <laughs> I've stopped recording. <laughs> <laughs>